0: Thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's word and see what he has in store for us today. always start. Does anybody remember what we were previously talking about?
1: I'm trying to
2: think of the songs that I recalled. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: There's a gay in between. Them. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on. Anyway, we've been looking
0: at... Um, you know, after all of the book of John of, you know, Jesus asking each person who you said, and we looked at now who Jesus says that we are, a new creation, we're free, we're free from our chains, we're a child of God, we're forgiven, we're loved. Today, um, starting on, uh, I'm accepted. So with that, what comes to mind when we hear the word accepted? Just anything in general. Challenge accepted. Challenge, okay. Challenge. Get into
4: college.
0: Get into college.
5: Come as you are.
6: Come as you are. Mm-hmm. Included. Included. Allowed to enter.
0: Okay. I think, kind of like a, a general definition, is um, generally believed or recognized to be valid or corrected. Approval. Um, everything that you all just said equals, you know, on the same line there. So I'm going to start off in Luke 19. If you want to turn there or flip on your phone to there. Luke 19, verse 1. 19 what? Verse Verse 1. Okay. Anybody want to read verses 1 through 10?
3: Go for it. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. Jesus came by. He looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest at your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Awesome. So what do you guys see going on here? What
0: happened, surface level, commentary questions, what's going on? Five second summary. Anyone? Jesus accepted Sikius
2: when the other people
0: obviously did not. How did Jesus accept him? simply because of who he was because of what he chose as his career to be a tax collector and he was the chief tax collector so he's overseeing the other tax collectors the people that everyone hates he's overseeing the people that everyone hates all right what else interesting here, because we see Zacchaeus seeking after Jesus. He heard about this guy, he wanted to see what was going on with him. So it said in uh, verse 3, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. It. <laughs> so he ran ahead, climbed the sycamore fig tree beside the road just to see Jesus passing by. He just wanted to get a look, see what was going on. Maybe he's heard, <laughs> you got the little, the little Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus song in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zacchaeus was seeking after Jesus. I heard rumors about him. Heard what's going on. Maybe he heard that maybe Jesus likes people who other people don't like. You know, Jesus is hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors and all these other people, these Gentiles, and he's kind of like, hey, people don't like me. Maybe Jesus will like me. Um, I'm not really sure why, but. Zacchaeus was seeking after Jesus. But then we see the other part of it. Z- Jesus seeking after Zacchaeus. Called him by name. Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And there's a lot of power and meaning behind being called by name. He didn't just say, hey short guy, come down from here. He didn't just say, hey you, come here. Hey, I'm Can I come over to your house? No, he's like, Zacchaeus must be a guest in your house today. Which would be such an honor, first of all, because he probably had a, hasn't had a guest in his house in a long time, and then also everyone's seeking after Jesus. Everyone wants to be with him right now. There's this crowd around him. Zacchaeus is trying to get just a little glimpse of him, and now he's, he gets the honor of having Jesus in his house as a guest. Jesus accepted Zacchaeus for who he is. Right, Just like we just sang in the in the worship song. Come as you are. That's, that's the whole meaning behind this whole thing of, of what it means to be accepted. Come as you are. Jesus is like, I don't care who you are, what you've done, where you've been. I accept you for who you are. Jesus doesn't love everything you do, but there's nothing that you can do to make Jesus stop loving you. Zacchaeus climbed up the tree Kind of becoming a little undignified climbing up a tree as a grown man. This is something that like a you know, kid would do, but without knowing fulfilled one of Jesus's word. That unless we become like children, we'll not see the kingdom of God. That's Matthew eighteen three. All right, so here he is. You know, and David sang about that too, right? Like I'll become even more undignified than this, right? Uh, he didn't care. David was like, I don't care. I'll, I'll dance and I'll sing and I'll praise my king. Like I'll become even more undignified than this. And that's, that's essentially the, the basis of like what, it is, I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> actually, no, I think that's actually a song. I will dance, I will sing.
5: I will go There it is. <laughs> uh,
0: there's a quote that says, I wish there were more of us who did not mind being laughed at, if only what we did helped us to see Jesus. I wish there were more of us who did not mind being laughed at, if only what we did helped us to see Jesus. Right? Like, Zacchaeus didn't care, especially because people already hated him. He's like, what do I care if people laugh at me because I'm climbing a tree? They're already calling me short. I might as well climb a tree and see what's going on, right? And he just didn't care. Zacchaeus thought he was pursuing Jesus, but Jesus was already pursuing Zacchaeus. In the same way as Jesus is pursuing us, but if we're not seeking Him, we're not going to have an encounter with Him, right? Um, I'm saying that based off of Jeremiah 29:13 that I quote a lot. If you look for Me wholeheartedly, you will find Me. It's not a maybe. If you look for Me wholeheartedly, you might find. You might just stumble across Me. No, it's it's a promise. That's a promise you can hold on to. If you look for Me wholeheartedly, you will find Me. and the main part of the story is not about the short man who climbed the tree Zacchaeus but of accepting Jesus at the bottom of the tree where we see we can look at this and be like oh wow Zacchaeus like, what did Zacchaeus do to earn being honored to have Jesus in his house? Nothing just in the same way what did we get to do to be honored to be able to have Christ live in us and to live in him? Nothing absolutely nothing but Jesus accepts us for who we are
3: acceptance actually happens in verse 8, when Zacchaeus essentially repents, Mm -hmm. right, because these tax collectors, like, they weren't unjustly hated, like, they were legitimately bad people, Mm -hmm. like, so, you know, if Jesus just came down, it wouldn't be just, oh, well, I'm a bad guy, but that's okay, Jesus accepts me, I'm just going to Said salvation has come after Zacchaeus says, "I'll give half my wealth to mm-hmm. the poor, and if I cheat people on their taxes, I'll give them that four times as much." That's good. Repenting, he's turning, he's changing his mind, mm-hmm. and turning around, and doing the right thing. Yeah,
0: that's good. That's a good observation. And that you're right. That is exactly when the acceptance happened. I mean, Jesus accepted him as he was, but that's where salvation came into play. That was the that was the changing point. Verse eight. Where Zacchaeus just being accepted for who he was by Jesus made him want to change everything. To say, I'm gonna give half my wealth to the poor, and anyone that I've cheated, I'm gonna pay them back four times. He didn't have to do that. Jesus never asked him to. He didn't even say anything except for I must be a guest in your house. And that was enough to completely change everything about Zacchaeus. To say, alright, instead of ripping people off, I'm going to pay them back fourfold. And that's when she just said, Salvation has come to this home today.
5: I mean, the other part that stood out to me reminded me of something we talked about like months ago, but um, the idea that like you don't need to follow this like perfect list of rules to have salvation, like act in a way that Jesus would act, and we're inevitably all going to sin, but like it depends on. Um, what is the word that we were saying I don't remember but basically like changing the way of like you're trying to live like Jesus but you don't need to follow these set rules to get to heaven like you just need to follow Jesus and then salvation will come
1: yeah
0: absolutely
5: the posture of your heart Mm -hmm. that's what I was looking for
0: Anyone else, anything else in this passage? So I
4: this
3: because I'm a wood expert. I was hoping you'd say something. (laughs)
6: Pretty good. when you say that, like, a, like imagine like it's being written in Hebrew or something. So like when they read that, they might be they might have read like he climbed the tree of regeneration. I don't know, but they could have. They'll hear it saying sycamore tree, but in the Hebrew text, I mean, it could be something where them reading like someone that knows Hebrew reads this and goes, oh, that makes a lot more sense than. Was that on your
1: notes?
0: What the tree? Um, I did look into the reason for them listing sycamore tree. Um, but I did not get to, to that part about it. I, I looked into other places where it references sycamore fig tree in the Bible.
3: I was hoping you'd comment something <laughs> about it. <that. laughs>
0: Let's go to um, Luke 3, verses 7 through 14. I'm just going to stop by here for a second. Luke 3, 7 to 14. Anybody want to take that?
2: 7 14? Yeah. the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God don't just say to each other we're safe for we're descendants of Abraham that means nothing for I tell you God can create children of Abraham from these very stones even now the axe of God's judgment is poised ready to sever the roots of the trees yes every tree, that do, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire the crowd asked what should we do two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. Jesus replied, don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your
0: Awesome. Can you read 12 and 13 one more time?
2: No more taxes than the government requires.
0: Awesome. So here, these people are coming to John the Baptist, and he's telling them the same thing that well, Jesus didn't even have to say it. He didn't even have to say, Don't steal, give back money. You know, he didn't have to say any of that for Zacchaeus to be changed and repent. But here John the Baptist is speaking to them saying, you know, the the corrupt tax collectors were coming to them saying, What should we do? How can we how can we, you know, um, make sure we're not going to be against God's judgment? And he's saying something very simple to them. And don't extort money. Don't take more taxes than what you're, you're supposed to. I just want to throw that in there because that was very similar to what we just saw with Zacchaeus with the tax collectors. All right, I'm going to go back a little bit to Luke again. Luke 18. Luke 18, verse 9. I'm going to read this section here a little bit. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Uh, So I'm going to read verses 9 through 14. I'm going to, this is going to be my uh, traumatized.
5: Narration.
0: Yes, thank you. (laughs) of the Pharisee and tax collector. Then Jesus told them the story of some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. Several tax collector story going on today. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you God that I am not a sinner like everyone else. I don't cheat. I don't sin. I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. And I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I tell you that I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, return home, justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now I'm not quitting my day job to go into acting.
5: That was great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but if I had to, just based off the heart of who Pharisees generally were, and as showing the humility of the tax collector here, you know, the Pharisees we see a lot of times just. Praying these public prayers, really long-winded, really just making sure people know, oh, look how close I am to God. Let me, let me just show off these really wordy prayers and just use these church lingo words and, you know, like just showing off their, their righteousness, right? Meanwhile, Jesus is saying here, the Pharise- not the Pharisee, but the sinner, the tax collector, is the one who returned justified to God. And essentially, the the tax collector, what he's saying boils down to is just one second. Oh. Mercy on me. That's that's literally what the tax collector just said.
4: Hola. Have mercy on me.
0: That's the, <laughs> almost word for word, that's that's what the tax collector is saying here, right? Oh God be merciful to me for I'm a sinner. And we see similar things where we're saying those who exalt themselves will be humbled, those who humble themselves will be exalted. Right in the parable of uh, the the guest who attends the banquet feast, those who went up to the head of the table to be honored were then later humbled because, like, hey, like, actually we got someone more important here. But if you go to the end of the table, you're going to be exalted, like, hey, you don't belong at the end of the table, let me bring you up here. In this parable, both men prayed. But both men did not come to God in the same way. The Pharisee went up to the temple to pray, but he didn't really pray. He spoke with himself, not with God. He prayed with himself, and in that very short prayer, he repeated the word I eight times. Check it out. Verse 11, Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. Of course, each translation might vary. How many times I... I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. For I do not cheat. I do not sin. I do not commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. And I give you a tenth of all my income. Eight times. Me, 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 God. Me, me, me. Look how good I am, God. And the tax collector's prayer.
1: Oh, love it's
0: a big difference in their prayers, right? Not just what they're saying, but also, I know that's a big part of it. What they're saying, right? Not because of the words that they're saying, but their heart posture, right? Pharisee's prayer isn't even a prayer. He's bragging. He's showing off, and that's his prayer to God. God, I'm so good. I'm so much better than that guy, God. Thanks, God, because I'm great. I'm just really good. God, I'm just so great. And the other guy's like, I'm a sinner. Lord, have mercy on me. It's entirely possible to address your words to God, but not but actually be praying to yourself, because your focus is on yourself, not on God. Your passion is for your agenda, not God's. Your attitude is my will be done, not thy will be done. The man was full of praise, but he rejoiced. Not for who God was, but rather for who he was. Speaking of the tax collector. Speaking of the Pharisee. thought on the Pharisee versus the tax collector here.
5: I just think it's funny that he says thank you God, but then doesn't say anything that God's done for him. Mm -hmm. At all. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, he's just saying thanks for not making me as bad as them. Yeah.
0: It's all a humble brag. Not even really like a humble brag, but just a brag, brag, brag. Literally the
6: exact opposite of the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> just to throw that out. Do you think the the tax collector heard the Pharisee, like they like because they walked in at the same time, and him hearing the tax collector, so I guess in their culture he's thinking the Pharisee, that guy's got it all made, he's the righteous one. Mm-hmm. Him hearing him is the reason why he is. Right. acting in the way he is like the reason why he's standing so far the reason why he's in so much sorrow is because he's hearing oh man well all I really got is or all I really got is well since Pharisees is doing all this I'm, I'm, all I have really is please forgive me I'm a sinner yeah,
1: yeah.
0: and it's very like, well have like an
6: impact like how, like how we walk around should we not mm-hmm. also act as that towards other people like even towards sinners because like even in Luke 19 when it was saying like even when Jesus called the Zechariah to him, it said they all murmured and sang um, that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. So if that's like how, and they were people that were close to Jesus. So if that's how we're always acting around even other people, like, oh, why wouldn't, what is who, he's a sinner, what is he, how do you think he is? So like when we're in public, I just think it's a good thing to keep aware of not to act like we're so good. Mm -hmm. absolutely
5: yeah that's a really good point because I feel like personally recently I've been like seeing other people that like say they're Christian or say they're religious and then their actions don't line up and I've had like a judgmental view towards it a little bit because it's just like frustrating but I think that's a good point Gary of like everyone's going to be in a different spot and Mm -hmm. that's
0: The Pharisee relied on his own power and the deeds before God, but the tax collector relied on the mercy and compassion of God. He recognized that he was a sinner who needed the mercy of God. And so we're talking about acceptance, right? So how does acceptance draw into this parable here? Jesus is saying that the Pharisee returned home justified before God. Mm -hmm. Justified, accepted. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Well, there's a little bonus lesson in in this little parable here.
3: I'll get to that Year when
6: they get my word wrong, it's like I never killed anyone. Yeah, I was
3: like, Well, I'm, just, I'm not Hitler, so I mean, like, I guess I didn't get.
2: Justifies to declare righteous, an act of God whereby he pronounces a sinner to be righteous because of that sinner's faith in Christ. According to one theologian, the root idea in justification is the declaration of. Thank you.
0: There's one line in there that just says, about not in the center, but to the sinner. Yeah, like that. it says
2: justification has to do with God's declaration about the sinner, not any change within the
1: sinner.
6: Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting, because I think that was about this story is like justification, and then like Luke 19, would that be like sanctification? Because he actually did something because he was already justified because he was justified then he was like well now that I'm justified now that he like he has recognized and accepted Mm -hmm. justification he's like well now I want to give half my because since I've I've been a sinner so I'm going to repent give half my things to the poor and then anyone I've cheated I'll give fourfold is that the sanctification or yeah that's the process process. is that like kind of it's not like
2: it's probably not a one and done thing oh yeah it's like like, oh
6: I did my one sanctification now I'm sanctified
2: (laughs) Mm-hmm. process of God changing our mm-hmm. and mindsets, the behaviors to be more like him mm-hmm. than more
0: like us. Mm-hmm. I think that repentance, that the the tax collector, the tax collector had in that first story, the re- repent means to turn around. Turn around. The 180 is, is to repent. So to just say, oh, I'm sorry, God, for, you know, Doing all those things, my bad. I'm good from. I'll probably be better from here on out. That's not repentance. Maybe he's gonna change his ways, but he hasn't done a 180. Repentance, is like I've done this, I'm gonna make it right and do this. Like I've cheated people, I'm gonna give it back even more. And like that's that's where you could see, you know, his heart posture there was not just like I just want to be made right. You know, he's like I'm gonna change. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it right. Um, the word. For mercy, where the tax, tax collector is saying, Oh Lord, have mercy on me. The word mercy in Greek, um, well, I got connected. Pelaskame. Uh, Pelaskame. If I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Anyway, um, the word in Greek. Uh, which that word means. Uh, uh, Atoning sacrifice So that word have mercy on me If you were to directly translate that word for what he's saying is Atoning sacrifice The fullest sense of what the tax collector said was God be merciful to me Through your atoning sacrifice for sins Because I'm a sinner And it's even less words altogether In the original Greek than that in English of what he just said Charles Spurgeon said a line specifically about this saying in the original Greek the words are even fewer than in English oh that men would learn to pray with less of language and more of meaning what great things are packed away in this short petition god mercy sin and appropriation and forgiveness Right, just like we don't need a, we don't need these long, lofty, drawn out, really like exaggerated just prayers like these Pharisees have it. just like let me just pray for such a long period of time, people are gonna think I'm so holy and righteous, like no, just a few words is good, right? Just like Kevin said on the office, why use many words, few words do trick. <laughs> right? You know, it's you don't need this long drawn out message or a prayer for God to hear you. Just saying, God, I'm a sinner, have mercy on me was enough to be to be called justified before God. So all that to say, you know, to check ourselves and how do we pray, right? That's just a little a little check for ourselves. Are we asking for God to, you know, answer our wishes and our desires and praying for our will to be done or for his will to be done? Are we praying for ourselves, or are we praying for others? Are we praying for material, tangible things, or are we praying for salvations? Okay, that's just something to join. You don't need to answer that. Alright, let's look at one more story here. Let's go to Mark 10.
3: Mark 10, verse 46. Just a little flippin' on me. Flipping the page
0: music. It just feels <laughs> like we're in a VeggieTill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right, anybody have it? Mark 10, verses 46 through 52. Anybody want to take that? Mark 10, 46 to 52. Anybody want it? Did you say 46 or 36? Uh, 46 to 52. I've got it. Go for it. Jesus and the followers came into Jericho. As Jesus was leaving Jericho together with his disciples and a sizable crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, Titus' son, was sitting beside the robe. When he heard that Jesus out of Nazareth was there, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. Many scolded him, telling him to be quiet, but he shouted even louder, Son of David, show me mercy. Jesus stopped and said, Call him forward. They called the blind man, Be encouraged. Get up, he is calling him. Throwing his coat to the side, he jumped up and came to Jesus. Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said teacher I want to see Jesus said go your faith has healed you at once he was able to see and he began to follow Jesus on the way Awesome. just to be a little more dramatic verse 47 Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby and he began to shout Jesus son of David
1: oh no, never
5: I'm going to have a second in my head the rest of my life Be quiet,
0: many of the people yelled at him but he only shouted louder David, our son of David I'm sorry, I don't have the same musical to skills here. So. <laughs> 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 it's right, but we see another another common theme here, right? Besides, I mean, we see the same words practically. Have mercy on me, and then people are like, "Hey man, stop it! Come on!" And then he just he's bold. He's just even louder. And then they're like, "Hey man, like calm down. Like don't worry. He's coming. He's coming." What do you guys think about Jesus' question in verse 51? Jesus knows what's going on.
1: He's
0: like, what do you want me to do for you? That may not be the right tone. Maybe it was, what do you want me to do for you? Maybe it was like a, a loving. I'll, I'll, I wasn't, didn't mean it. I was like, what do you want me to do for you? But anyway, what do you guys think about that?
5: I think it's interesting because we know that Jesus already knows what he wants, he just wants the blind man to say, what do you want? Like, he wants the man to come to him just to
7: come to him with like a genuine heart, you know, like um, the blind man wasn't like the Pharisee um, of just being like I don't know, bragging first about his blindness and just being like well, I heard that you can do miracles so just heal me so I can be awesome and now I can see and whatever no, he's like my rabbi it's not like yo, teacher (laughs) you know, it's like my (laughs) rabbi. That's intimate. Mm-hmm. And then he's like as simple and straightforward as possible. I, I want to see.
0: This blind man has never been with Jesus before. He's also never seen him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But he's calling him my rabbi that's a pretty personal thing. You know, the Jews, they could pick who they wanted to be as their rabbi, who they wanted to follow, whose teachings they've heard about, who, who they want to go and, you know, dedicate their, their learning from, right? And they're all about religion and all about following certain people and rules and stuff. And he's saying to Jesus, who is blind, so he can't see, let alone he's never seen Jesus. He's going off of what he's heard from, like, passerby's about there's this guy named Jesus doing some things out there and that's enough for him to have faith. And his faith is what healed him. Jesus said, go for your faith has healed you. Not even, Jesus didn't even say I've healed you. I healed you because I am the son of God. Your faith has healed you. But his faith in what? Not just I got faith. Sound good. I've got hope and love and faith and joy. No, His faith in Christ is what healed him.
6: I think it's cool, also that like he cried out the first time, and and everyone was like, "Hey, be quiet," and we were like charged him, like, "Hey, stop!" And then he cried again. Like he didn't let others like keep him down. Like even when he was like trying to cry out, he wasn't. He didn't, like trying to, I'm not embarrassed. But like he didn't get a sense of embarrassment that he was calling out. He was like you said like like with David, he was one of the words you use. Even more indignified than this. Exactly. So he was he's being indignified by calling out and then and like, hey dude, stop talking to him almost hear from a blind dude. And then he even cried out again further and then he was like, Okay, this guy he might be a little serious here. Even though people are ridiculing him and mocking him, he's still calling out to me. Let me turn him off. I was
5: gonna say I think it's cool how Jesus took the
7: guy that was calling to him and he didn't let the other people like quiet him mm-hmm. down and he took him in he said, what do you want? and his faith healed him you know. that's pretty cool yeah.
0: and we see just like Zacchaeus he didn't care what people thought he's like, I'm going to seek after this guy Jesus and this blind man everyone's telling him, be quiet, shut up, stop don't, hey, stop it and he's just like, no I'm going to be even louder. Right? Everything's against him. He can't see. He can't even see where Jesus is. I didn't know which, what direction to yell at, right? So he's just like, I'm going to be even louder so I can get his attention. Zacchaeus didn't let his, you know, short height stop him. So he's like, I'm going to go up a tree. the blind man's like, I can't see Jesus, but I, I hear he's coming. And you're all telling me to be quiet, so I'm going to be even louder.
2: of limitations to humans. Wanted to see Jesus, they knew that he could change their life. Even if they didn't know him, they believed. They had faith that he could. And they pressed for it. I think that's really really good. Yana um, was talking about the sincerity and intimacy of his response. My rabbi, right? But what I also find interesting is that you talked about We praying for the kingdom of God to come here. We praying for His will to be done. Are we praying for salvation? And we should absolutely be praying for all of those things because He should be our focus in our prayer life. Um, But Jesus, here He says, "What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for?" He met a basic need, a basic mm-hmm. desire to see. I want to see. He didn't ask for God, I want your will to be done. I want to be a powerhouse for you, a disciple for you. I want to work miracles for you and be a ministry for you. He said, I want to see, which I think is very human of us to want things. That we, we shouldn't be discouraged from wanting things, but who we put our faith in for the things that we desire, that's going to change what we do want. And I think that's.
0: That's good. That, that's a good comment on that of my, my point of um, looking at the Pharisee and the tax collector's prayer is to see where the heart posture was at of bragging as a prayer of God, I'm, this, I'm so great, I'm so good, versus the tax collector, have mercy on me, God. But you're absolutely right. Jesus wants to fulfill our every need and desire, not our every desire. Jesus wants to fulfill our every need, and he also wants to fulfill our wants. And he says, ask for anything in my name, and it will be given to you. That doesn't mean, God, in Jesus' name, give me a new car. In Jesus' name, give me the new, I don't know, video game or whatever. Raise, fill in the blank. In the name of what Jesus would be asking for you ask it if your will is lined up with his will you'll be asking for the things that Jesus wants and Jesus wants to give what the father wants he also wants to take care of us right if God takes care of sparrows doesn't let them starve and the lilies of the the field how much more precious are we that he wants to take care of us Um,
7: this story reminded me other blind man that we read in John um, chapter nine, I think it's really cool when you compare the two stories. That like um, Bartimaeus, he was he heard that Jesus was near, and he started to take action in um, making himself noticed, you know, by Jesus so that he can get healed. This other guy in John it was just Jesus walking along and then because of the disciples asking, hey, why is this guy blind? And then from there Jesus just meets the blind man where he is. where Like we were singing, come as you are. And it's like Jesus meets us where we are. Um, so then he just goes and heals him. And from there he tells the Pharisees, he tells literally everybody everything that, just happened, that happened. They're asking him for so many details and so curious to know like who did this? Why they do it, and all this stuff? And he's just like, "Well, he. This is what he did. He spit on the ground. He put it on my face. Told me to wash it. Now I can see. Like, what else do you want from me? <laughs> you know? Um, but I think it's really cool how like we we can hear about Jesus, and then from there faith grows. Or sometimes we can be living a crippled or handicapped kind of life, or blind were either physically blind or just spiritually blind for a long time and then Jesus just meets us where we are and that's when like the faith and the transformation and everything begins. Um but yeah.
0: That's good. In the same way if we look at right come as you are. That really kind of encompasses the whole being accepted. Come as you are we got Zacchaeus in a tree looking for God just to get a glimpse of him. Ironic, right? I just want to see him. Let me just look at him from a distance, up in a tree. Actually, I'm not noticing this till right now. The opposite but exact same thing going on here, right? Between Zacchaeus and Bartimaeus. Let's look at this. we got Zacchaeus. You can see. He's not blind. And all he wants to do is just get a glimpse of Jesus. So what does he do? He climbs up high just to look at him. Jesus comes over to him and calls him down by name. we got Bartimaeus on the ground, physically can't see, but he hears Jesus coming, and he calls out. So we've got Zacchaeus looking, Zacchaeus hearing. Wait, hold on. I'm doing the names. Zacchaeus looking, Bartimaeus hearing. Zacchaeus up in a tree. Bartimaeus down on the ground. We've got Zacchaeus, who Jesus comes to him and calls him out by name. And then Bartimaeus, who then, he calls out Jesus by name and Jesus comes over to him. We've got repentance. I'm going to give back all the money that I've stolen and, and fourfold. And then we've got I just want to see you know he's gonna see a whole lot more than just the physical world around him now he's saying you're gonna you can see now but now I can see God's kingdom it's a pretty cool correlation there it's like some of the things on different aspects.
3: guy had either heard or-
6: lineage was very important to people of that time. Like they kept like handwritten documents of who like that's why like all the genealogies is, is like so long and methodic to the name, like this is the father, this and this. And then like even some of the genealogy will go in the certain land they were in and like and in the time after Abraham or the time before um, slavery or anything. I think that's cool because knowing that he is the son of David they're kind of recognizing who he is, like, okay, this is, this is the Messiah. Because even in the Old Testament, the I think, it was the Torah, would prophesy saying that the Messiah would be, like you said, a son of David. I think it is pretty cool to recognize that that he is saying. Because not all the time they bring up the son of David. They always say the Jesus reward.
3: That's and what I, mean, I used to do too. I mean, So so we got so we got so, but like they're actually really fascinating when you study mm-hmm. them and learn. Because I think in the Gospels, I know one's in Luke. I think the other one might be in Matthew. They give two separate genealogies of Jesus, and they're both different, which is kind of weird when you look at it. It's like, oh, so which is it? Like, does the is the Bible contradicting itself? But what's actually happening is one of them is giving the genealogy. Mary's bloodline, and one of them is giving a genealogy through Joseph's bloodline. And even though Joseph isn't Jesus' biological father, he's still his legal father. So, both Gospels Mm -hmm. are showing, like, Jesus has both a biological and a legal claim to the lineage of David. Mm -hmm.
6: And because I think it's, in Matthew it does say, it goes like, Joseph... Like every kid father, father, son, father, son. But then it goes right at the end. It goes, father, the husband of Mary, and then Mary, the mother of Jesus. So I think that's just a cool distinction where it is saying that, like you said, Joseph isn't the biological father.
0: So we see uh, with Bartimaeus here. He's asking Jesus asked him what do you want me to do and he says I want to see my rabbi I want to see and Jesus responds your faith has made you healed and his faith is in those very few words my rabbi I want to see my rabbi that's his submission his submission to who he is humbly submitting I know who you are you're my rabbi I submit to you It was his faith that determined to even cry out to him and cry out even louder. It was his faith that he knew who Jesus was. You are the son of David. This is the line. I know who you are. You are the Messiah. And it was his faith that Jesus could do it. I want to see. You don't tell someone what you want if you don't think they're not going to be able to give it to you. I'm not going to say, Y'all know simple example, can you get me an ice cream? I'm not going to say it if I don't think she can get me an ice cream. I'm not going to ask McCabe for a wood table if I don't think he can deliver. He had faith. I want to see. I know that you can provide sight. You are the Messiah. You are the son of David. You are my rabbi. I submit to you. I want to see. And it was his faith in all that. He knows who I am. He knows... That he's submitting to me. He accepts that I'm his Lord. Your faith has made you healed. Healed. Any final thoughts on anything from any of those passages before we close out?
3: Pray for a miracle.
0: How much different would this be if 51 and 52 went like this? What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And what if 52 went like this? Jesus said to him, I'm not going to heal you, but come follow me anyway. What if he just said, No. Quite a different story going on there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. From wow, just his faith was enough to heal him. To hmm, Jesus could have healed him, but he chose not to. I think that's an important part to look at. Also, there are plenty of times where people prayed and they didn't get what they wanted. And Jesus prayed in the garden, get get doesn't yeah. So. Yeah. No, I'm
6: just in the garden. Jesus prayed in the garden. Mm-hmm. What's we'll also when I'm in when uh who was it? Oh, I don't. Was it Peter who walked on water with Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Like when he was like with him and then uh, he's walking on water and then he he starts sinking and then Jesus looks at him and goes, "Oh ye of little faith." It's like, but this guy had faith to where he was literally able to have blind be blind. And his faith was able to heal him. And I think that's just a I don't know the I don't know what's like the difference with like the real thing that's going on right there. But if Peter had little faith to even just to even take one toe onto water and walk a little bit and then he had little faith. But then this guy, he had faith, and he was able to be healed. I just think that I don't know if that's two different types of faith or but And
0: I think it's also important to To look at what Jesus said about his faith. Your faith has healed you. Not the amount of faith has healed you. Mm -hmm. Because your faith is so great and so matured and so strong and so much more faith than I've seen in anyone in a long time, it's healed. No, your faith has healed you. Your faith in who I am has healed you. Right? We hear also if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, which is the smallest of seeds, if you have this much faith, mountains. Don't say. You need at least a watermelon size amount of faith based off the scale of a mustard seed to, you know. No, it's just who your faith is in is all that it matters in. Another example of what you were
4: talking about, your faith has made you well, is the point of the crowd, which is one of my favorites, (coughs) uh, which is in Mark 5. uh, And a great
0: Amount of faith, not anything else other than who the faith is in.
4: I mean, to be fair, the greatness of their faith is—it's like, mentioned. It is, and it, is, it is like just—it just goes to show you the amount of all in they were. They're like, this is this is the guy. Like, what choice do I have? Like, I'm trying to. Obviously, this is the only solution.
6: Mm. The desperateness.
4: I think a lot of times we. Psych ourselves out on that, like we we fool ourselves into thinking that, like, oh man, like I'm really glad that person found Jesus because like they were desperate, mm-hmm. and we completely forget about the fact that we're like in this exact same position. At least I feel like that that way for sure. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of times we're like, man, I'm really glad God brought them out of that situation because like that was really bad, and I just subconsciously miss the fact that it's like, oh yeah, like I'm in a <laughs> horrible. And if I don't have God, regardless of what it looks like on the outside, I am in the exact same spot. If not worse, because I'm psyching myself out about it. Like I, I'm, I don't realize how desperate I actually am. So, cool. Good stuff.
5: I think it's an interesting idea that I've thought about a lot because I see so much bad at work, and I'm like, why are some like? just the idea of, like, bad things happening, but, um, I think part of it is, like, we need to keep following Jesus for good things to happen, like, if we just get handed everything right away, then, like, what is, how is God supposed to prove how good he is versus everything else, and I have no idea what the verse is, but I read something about, like, like, if if good things happen all the time, then, like, how do we really know God's glory versus, like, the sin of the world, and like bad things have to happen so that we can see how good He is. And when He does good, good things, um, and it's hard because you spend years praying for the same exact thing over and over and over again, and it doesn't happen. But when it does happen, it's like, Wow, God is so good!
0: And even when it doesn't happen,
3: He's still good,
5: yeah, yeah. And like having joy in, in Him, even when. Life isn't perfect. Personally, I believe like this is training ground <laughs> where we're training. <laughs> like this is, you know, in, in, you know, building that muscle, big muscle, just um, to how strong our our faith and beliefs are.
0: In, in those lessons. Cool, I like that faith muscle. <laughs> right, it's like work it out. It's like we work out other muscles and we work out your brain. And but it's like how often do we do something? You know, like, hmm, I don't know how this is going to work, but let's see how God shows up. That's, you know, working on your faith muscle, strengthening it.
5: Uh, Um, Our um, uh, Sunday school, LH kids, whatever, leader, she's been, like, going through a lot of rough stuff. And every time something bad happens, she's like, it's just an opportunity for God to show up. And I'm like, that's such a good mindset to have.
0: That's awesome. Good stuff, guys. pray and we'll split for a little bit. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you have mercy on us. That you find us where we're at and you accept us for who we are and you love us all the same. Whether we are... The highest of highs, or the lowest of lows, you see us where we're at. You're always with us, you'll never leave us or forsake us. We thank you that you don't forget about us. Thank you for having mercy on us. Thank you for um, giving us faith to have in you because we know that that's a gift from, from you, and that it's not just on our own that we find faith in you, but we thank you for that gift of faith. And let's pray that everyone is able to continue to seek you continue to cry out to you and even when people are telling us to be quiet and stop that and you look ridiculous that we just cry out even louder that we climb the tree that we call out your name we do whatever it takes to to call out to you to trust in you, to cling to you, to hold on to you to have faith in you because I ask for opportunities for us to all be able to work out our faith muscles this week be able to say, I don't know how God is going to pull this one through, but let's just see what he does and that we just have faith in you. As simple as it is to just have faith in you that you will not let us down. You will not leave us or forsake us. Not that it will go our way, but that you will not leave us or forsake us. Thank you, God, for who you are and for who you called us to be. Thank you for accepting us for who we are. And we can come as we are to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time when God's presence is with
1: us. I hope you enjoyed it. And tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.